0: Hey everybody, Uh, as part of the Rising Tide um, series, I am joined today by uh, Laura Karun. And as a Director of Culture and Growth at TRIVE Culture, Laura Karun empowers individuals and teams to maximize their potential and create healthy workplace cultures where they can truly thrive. Laura is a visionary leader, connector, speaker, entrepreneur, and change maker. Her background is in leadership development, community building, small business, women's empowerment, and marketing strategy. She is also currently serves on the Moorhead City Council. So welcome, Laura. That was a lot. That was a lot of titles and a lot of uh, specialties. And uh, I'm super excited to have you on the podcast because it takes a lot of experience and a lot of experiences to wear all of those hats. So um. I gave your short bio. Go ahead and feel free to tell our audience just kind of where you've been, uh, who you are, where you've been, where you're going, where you're at, and um, we'll kind of kick off our conversation in that way, shape, or form.
1: Thank you, Sarah. Uh, Thanks for having me on the podcast. Uh, It's exciting to be here and to be able to talk with you. Uh, Yeah, I, (laughs) it, hearing it out loud sounds like a lot of a lot of things. Uh, so like, how how deep do you want to go? How much do you want to know about the entrepreneurial journey?
0: I'm interested from like square one of your, like, did you have a lemonade stand? Um, <laughs> like how far back? Cause I, I and we can get, get into this. Um, we can get into this later, but you are raising uh, a very empowered uh, young lady uh, entrepreneur. And uh, so how, how deep does your entrepreneurial journey
1: go. Oh my goodness. Yeah, like lemonade stands for sure. My my mom and her best friend used to have uh garage sales frequently when we were kids and we would sell Kool-Aid and Rice Krispie bars. And so it was a little bit different take on the <laughs> lemonade stand. Uh so that's probably like the very first entrepreneurial uh act for me, I guess, but you know, I was a Girl Scout, so I sold cookies and um, you know, been figuring those things out from a really early age. Uh, but, but even still, I never really thought about that as entrepreneurial. I didn't really understand what an entrepreneur was. I never thought about starting my own business when I was a kid. Um, even through high school and in, in college, I kind of fell into it. Um, I, I was a wedding photographer for about a decade and I never, never intended to really start a business. I didn't have anyone in my family who had started businesses. I didn't know anything about it. Um, but back in, oh gosh, 2005, I think, um, a friend of my husband's uh, asked us to shoot her wedding because she knew that we had a good camera uh and I will tell you that a good camera does not a photographer make so I mean we didn't know anything about shooting weddings uh she paid us in I think like a memory card and a flash so we could actually (laughs) do the wedding uh with this I think we just had one camera maybe we had two I don't know it was it was a long time ago but um the the pictures turned out pretty good and we were like hey that that was fun uh And it wasn't long before we shot another wedding for someone that we knew. And then we did another one. And then it was like, uh, I feel like we should make this a business or like something because we just keep doing this and, you know, like taxes and all of those things. Uh, So I really poured everything that I had into figuring out um, how to be a business owner and to really my skills as a photographer and it became something that I was really passionate about um, and ended up being able to quit my job and do that full-time and work for myself and uh, it was a really kind of extraordinary experience uh, figuring all of that out and especially at a time when there weren't I mean blogging wasn't even a thing really when I started that and there weren't there weren't podcasts to listen to about it. There weren't, I mean, there was like books and you never knew, like, I don't know. It was on the cusp of when digital photography was like a new thing. and starting to be more accessible and affordable for people. Um, So very different time than now for sure.
0: Yeah, I can't imagine. Um, So so I want to dig, I want to like take out, figuring out how to be a business owner. I think that's something that is uh, universal and it is timeless for entrepreneurs. Um, what, what did you, I guess reading the books, going to Barnes and Noble and like figuring out what, uh, what book you're going to, what $20 book you're going to grab for this quarter or whatever on taxes or the actual craft or whatever. Um, what, of doing, like, doing that has, is, like, has made your entrepreneurial journey easier. So, like, the first time you have to, like, there's no resources available. Nobody's doing a whole lot of anything um, on a big, like, distributive level. Now, we have, it's almost, like, too much information. Yeah. In a a lot of ways. Um, How, how has, you know, being an OG entrepreneur from like the early 2000s and like probably earlier than that with, with the Girl Scouts and the lemonade stand, how has that shaped the way that, um, you're able to kind of, uh, re like reiterate, like, so, so iterative, um, entrepreneurial steps.
1: Yeah. I'm, I think it's a, a pattern for people who become an entrepreneur that they become serial entrepreneurs. And like, you can't stop. Like once you figure it out or once you do it, you're like, this is super exciting. You kind of get addicted to that high of starting something new um, and you, you do it over and over again. And that's something that I've done too. Um, so, you know, one of the things that was most important in my process, like a finding a good accountant, like that was life changing for me as a business owner, finding someone who I could trust, someone I could um, be like super honest with and show all my numbers and someone that could help me and, you know, hand over the like box of receipts and be like, please help me figure this out. Um, having somebody that is in your corner that can, you know, help you through taxes and help you through figuring out. I mean, my my accountant sat down and taught me how to use QuickBooks. Like <laughs> it was amazing to have partners like that. Um, and then, you know, the other big thing for me has always been finding, like finding my people, finding my network. Um, I, so I came to Fargo-Moorhead for college, went to Concordia, um, and I had always intended on moving back to the Twin Cities where I'm from and that I didn't do that. So, I was here trying to build a business with really no network. Um, You know, I had some people at college that I knew, but everybody graduated and moved away. So I was here trying to figure out how do I have a business when I don't have any built-in network for myself and I had to get out there and create that. Um, I am an introvert and the thought of like going to a room full of people wearing fancy suits and handing out business cards like sounded horrible to me honestly it still sounds pretty horrible but uh I just had to keep getting out there and getting out there and meeting people and finding people who could connect me to other people joining um like networking groups where we would get together twice a month or whatever and um Share those business cards and share what we're doing, what we're excited about, and how other people can help me in this process. How I can help them. Um, that's really what changed everything for me. Was having that network and figuring out how to network, how to build up my own community.
0: I, th- I think so. Building up your own community. I think that is a like that in my mind. So I'm an introvert too, which is bananas being like having a practice, being an entrepreneur. And then also like being an introvert, like a real (laughs) one. Um, what, so building community feels better to me, you know, it's like uh, a networking thing. I just think of, I I have the same, like, um, when I think about sales, it's like, Oh, sales is like, I don't, I don't feel like the term is just goofy, but everybody wants to buy stuff. And if I have something valuable, then like people always want it. Like, it's just, it's not this, it's not this, the the thing that the term kind of is. So talk Mm -hmm. to me about like net, like networking versus building a community.
1: Yeah. I mean, networking feels very transactional and, you know, that's something that I've built up a lot of my, my personal community with, you know, finding people who are interesting to me, or I feel like there's some, something, some kind of spark there, um, inviting them to coffee. Right. So doing that many, many times, and you can always tell people who maybe invite you to coffee or they're like, Hey, can I pick your brain? Which I absolutely hate that term, (laughs) but people that are like, they want something from you. um, And that feels kind of gross. So when I meet with people, I don't always have a real clear agenda. Sometimes it's just exploring what that relationship is. What do they do? Um, How can I help them? That's always a question I like to ask is, how can I help you? How can I help you in your business? How can I help you in your journey? Are there connections that I can make for you? Um, Figure out ways that I can be valuable to them in wherever they're at. Um, I mean, that makes me feel good. That does something for them. Even if they don't necessarily need anything or know what that might be now, it might kind of start the wheels turning in their head or maybe down the line, they'll be like, hey, you said you would connect me with so-and-so um, or someone who knows how to do this. Um, and sometimes those those relationships and those and they don't always sh- like show or like bloom into something right away. Sometimes it's years down the line where you're like, oh, yes, finally, I have something where I can help this person <laughs> and I have a connection for them or I have something for them or finally I n- need them for something. I can hire them um, and help them in their business in some way. Um, and, and that's always been really valuable to me. And, you know, worst case scenario, if you meet with somebody, you have a great conversation, and that's it, like, that's okay, too. Um, but, um, I mean, building that community, I think, starts with how can you help that person and building, like, a real relationship with them, getting to know them as a person, not just what they can do for you.
0: That's, so I, as, as you were talking about building, like, the, the, how can I help you? Um, and then also, like, thinking about networking, Uh, what I, what I really am off put with, uh, networking groups, like these, you know, the curated communities that are like, they do serve a purpose. Um, but they're usually limited. Like, oh, we can only have one commercial realtor. We can only have one photographer. We can only have one real estate realtor. We can only have one, whatever. Uh, how do you like that feels kind of crappy, like the, 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 you know, like, oh, we have already got an occupational therapist. So like, we got to wait till he or she leaves. And then we got an opening for that. Right. It's like, they got this, they got like this, uh, almost like, like if you ever collected baseball cards, they've got like this 12 business card thing. And it's like, well, someone's got to leave before you can come in. And that just doesn't seem like an abundance mindset. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you, because you're looking at building a personal communities, how you have, uh, how you approach, like when you had a photography business, did you have friends that were photographers, um, when you were working, um, just with, like in marketing or, or in your, your past entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial journeys, have you interacted or like, do you have friends that, that were in the same in- industry and, and is that as taboo as, as a lot of people make it seem?
1: So, you know, getting back to, you know, saying that, you know, talking about like an abundance mindset. So I always like to tell people that success is not a pie. Like if you take one piece, it doesn't mean there's less for me. Like there's enough success to go around for everyone. Um, and even, you know, as a photographer for a long time there, it was so saturated um, with other photographers. Um, but, you know, I I did build up a network of people who are in the wedding industry and people who were also photographers because I only have so much time as well. Um, So if I'm booked for a weekend, someone reaches out to me and says, you know, hey, can you shoot my wedding? And I was like, I'm booked, but I know this fabulous person who would also be a really great fit for you. Let me connect you. Like that feels so much better than just saying, "Mm, sorry, no. And it also helps, you know, it feels great to help build someone else's business too. And then, you know, it's great if they can, you know, send that back to you at some time when they're booked and they can, they can help you and refer someone to you. Um, but also like everyone has a different style. Everyone does their business in a different way. So, you know, when I was a photographer, like, I'm not going to be the photographer for everybody. Cause I had a particular style. Um, they might fit better with somebody else and that's okay to have different styles, to have different price points, different abilities. Um, It's, you know, only makes you better to have people that understand what you do and can maybe be, um, you know, build a little mini community around you. Um, And some of that is setting your ego aside and setting some of that scarcity mindset aside. And, um, you know, I, I don't know if there's anyone who's like, oh, gosh, I wish I had less friends, <laughs> like, less people to know.
0: <laughs> less, like, good, solid people in my network. Like, yeah. yeah, I, even being an introvert, I'm always down to meet cool people who are just, like, fun, and kind of like you said, if you can have coffee with somebody and, and enjoy your time, then that's perfect. Um, so, can I, can we translate, so, or I guess transition, how did you translate your um, your, like, personal community building into what turned into a lady boss. And, and like, on a bigger scale, um, really taking a step into, um, in, in, into cr- trying to create and curate uh, genuine, authentic, empowering uh, entrepreneurship, like, lab stations or, like, uh, environments.
1: Yeah. So, um kind of rewind a little bit back in that journey so as a photographer um you know I was doing that for a long time and that was definitely something where I had to like I was hustling constantly I was always on always being a marketer always doing sales or always being in person on a shoot um and there got a time where I got really burnt out on it um and was kind of looking for like what what can I do next or like how do I get out of this burnout and for me so much of my identity was wrapped up in being a photographer like that's how people knew me I was Laura the photographer Um, so to first of all to like admit that I was burnt out or like I didn't really want to do it anymore was really challenging Um, so between between doing that and Lady Boss, um, I ended up taking a job at uh, Concordia uh, where I was in marketing. And at first, it felt a lot like a band aid job like, okay, I'm just going to do this because I need, it's kind of like a rebound. Like, I need a little bit of a break from what I'm doing. I don't want to hustle all the time. I also um, had just had a baby, and I was like, okay, this is a completely different life uh, for me now. Started working there. And for a while, it felt like, I mean, part of there was like, I felt like a failure as an entrepreneur because I wasn't working for myself anymore. I was working for someone else. Um, I felt like the job was not really fulfilling. Um, It felt like there wasn't a lot of room for creativity. And I didn't have any friends there. So it was like, okay, now I'm in this place where I used to be this super well-connected photographer. And now I sit in the corner in an office where no one understands like who I am outside of this place. And they only know this one specific job description that I have. Uh, so that was really, really tough. But you know, through that position, I was able to, I was able to kind of change my own mindset and go, okay, so I'm here, I knew that I needed this change, and I'm going to make the most of it and was able to be kind of bring back that entrepreneurial mindset within that position. I was able to bring some of those things that I had learned as, as a small business owner into that and being um, super resourceful and dreaming up new things and figuring out like, how do I make this better? Um so I was able to make that a really fulfilling and, and like a great a great position for me. Um, and and while I was there, I hired Danielle Mo to my team. So she was hired on for social media, and we became really fast friends. While we were there, um, we had this shared love of um, empowering women, and we loved art, and we loved cats and we love like social media and like we had all of these common interests and we're like wouldn't it be cool if we made some kind of conference and at first we were thinking let's make a marketing conference and then it was like no that's let's let's do something for women let's do something that's just for us just something cool that we can bring to Fargo Moorhead Um, and so we came up with this idea for a lady boss summit And the summit was really just supposed to be like a one-time conference, like this cool, fun project that we could do where we could talk about any of, you know, anything relating to women's issues that we wanted to, because there was no stakeholders. Like it was just us putting this thing on. We could say whatever we wanted. Um, So we decided to build a Facebook group to build an audience and see like. Hey, are there even people out here who want this? Cause we can't just have our friends come like that's not enough to sustain this thing. So we did that. And as we, you know, put this group together, it felt really weird. Like, Oh, Danielle and Laura just talking to each other through a Facebook group. But then eventually like it started building a lot of momentum and we invited our friends, they invited their friends, et cetera, et cetera. And by the time we opened up ticket sales for our event, we had 800 women in this group. And we're like, okay, there's, there's something here. Uh, So we just started putting together opportunities for people to be in community with each other. We invited people to, um, you know, get to know each other online, but then take the relationship offline. We challenged people to coffee dates in the group. And then we also created, um, we created opportunities for people to get together. So our first event was this, This cool uh, painting party. It was a Valentine's Day painting party um, at a local women-owned business called Make Room, and we're like, this, we're we might be onto something here. People were excited to come. It was people that we didn't even know that showed up, and women got together. They had a lot of fun. We just kept doing this over and over again. We were like, okay, let's do, let's try this thing and invite women and see if they come and if they, you know, make a friend. And it just was offering those opportunities for networking, but it didn't feel like networking. You know, so many women who are entrepreneurs, especially are solopreneurs, where they're working at home making something and selling it on Etsy, or they are starting a service and you know, it's just them doing it and they're, you know, trying to figure it out all on their own. And, you know, it's so much better when you can have other people that can understand what you're going through and maybe be a resource to you. Uh, But solopreneurs often don't, I mean, you don't have coworkers, you don't have a built-in network, especially if you're building something that doesn't really, you know, if you're a photographer, it's easy to be like, okay, who are the other photographers? But if you're doing something that's totally different, it's really hard to figure out, well, who are my people? Who's going to understand what I'm doing? So, part of what we were trying to do is build that, that community for women, build those connections, places where they can find other women who are doing similar things or other women who can be a resource to them. Um, so, you know, us deciding, hey, we're going to do this conference, wouldn't that be cool? Turned into like this completely different thing. Or suddenly we are holding space for this huge community of women that we didn't even know we really needed. Um, so it's been really exciting to be able to be on that journey and build a community from two people to now with the online group is like 8,500 people or something. So it's it's uh, it's pretty incredible how one one little idea can can spark something like that.
0: Well, and honestly, like, like Lady Boss is the thing that connected us, you know, so I, I 100% like being a uh, movement coach, uh, having a practice, like, honestly, just trying to figure out like how to articulate what it is I actually do and and to be in that space where there's not a lot of people doing what I'm doing, um, it, it's really affirming to have people that are like, yeah, I'm doing something out here too. It's like maybe adjacent, but like, you're doing a good job. Just keep going. You know, I it just being able to have a space where, um, I may be the, I, I may be one of a few in my industry, but there's a lot of us that are kind of like very few in their own industries. And yeah. and there's so much crossover that, um that it's it was very it it was just validating and affirming sometimes as an entrepreneur like i'm sure you know you just need someone to like tell you you're doing a good job every once in a while that's Mm -hmm. like not having coworkers, not having a boss um kind of doing things rogue in our own ways sometimes it just you just need someone to just like acknowledge that you that we are doing something um so that's that that's an important um an important element, and I I really just wanted to highlight it as a a member uh, of that group, and um, so we met, uh, connected uh, through Lady Boss, uh, through the retreat that we just had, or we just hosted, and that was, A, I've never, I guess I've never asked you, so I'm going to ask you now, how did you hear about me?
1: (laughs) Oh, how did I hear about you? I, uh, I think I heard about you through Sarah Peltier who probably heard about you through nature of the North.
0: Okay. Yeah. Can- I, <laughs> <laughs> it it's, it's bananas, but I, I, you know, just, I, I guess I've, I've never really like, yeah, I just ended up on, cause you know, that's, that was a springboard for a lot of different uh, things in my practice. And I was like, yeah, I was, got on a phone call with Laura and then all of a sudden, uh, she asked me to be a speaker at this thing or uh, to, to host a, a forest bathing session and then all of a sudden like we were working together uh, she was one of my clients and then it, like everything is just kind of is just kind of like blossomed I, I like to use organic terminology so like not like breaking through windows and breaking down doors but like yeah we just like a seed was planted and like it's just been blooming so um that's good to know uh and that's the <laughs> the importance of like the network. Right. And it's not a matter of um, if it's, and I always people get, it's easy to get very um, I don't know, like kind of, kind of snippy and like to have these expectations on a transactional relationship and building like a true connection with somebody means that it can be a while, you know, like I, my relationship with Nature of the North, like we were, we worked together very closely for a minute and then we've stepped away and they've gone their journey, you know, John and them have gone on their journey. I've gone on mine and it's, um, and it, we can always come back, you know, like there's always, there's just always this roadmap back. So like hearing about, you know, that was maybe the springboard for Lady Boss. And like, I just saw that Nature of the North is like crushing this child wilderness camp. Yeah,
1: there's summer camps.
0: Yeah, there's summer camps, um, and I'm, like, just getting just pulled right back into it, because the the heart, the things that we do is always going to change, but the heart of people are, are, it's very timeless, and it's very universal, so um, it's, in a lot of ways, it's also kind of validating that building these authentic, just genuine connections, uh, these personal community is versus like I got 250 business cards that you know I can sit in a drawer or I can like I just know that these I know these people exist right and I'm sure that you're you still have people that you knew from the early 2000s that you can like they're still in your Rolodex if you could if you called them with an opportunity or a question or hey how are you I'm just thinking about you they would 100% enthusiastically respond I mean is that that pretty much
1: yes. the case. Yeah. Yes. And it's fun to be able to do that. Um, you know, and like, like we talked about, there are some people like, you know, I was in a networking group a decade ago and, you know, it wasn't that long ago that I was finally like, Oh, I need a mortgage officer. I know somebody from that group <laughs> from 10 years ago that I can reach out to, um, and to finally be able to be like, Oh yes. Okay. Now I can use them or, um, that's so valuable. And, and even you know, thinking of building this connections, you know, when, when you and I talked last and you're like, oh, I can't wait to be able to refer you to people. And like that to me, like as a connector, I love doing that. Like that is so rewarding to be able to be, to connect someone to another person that has what they need that can help them. Um, And I think it, it feels good for, for both people. And like, that's, that's a huge part of why I do what I do. It's those relationships. Um, even when people ask me like, Oh, tell me about your best, you know, marketing advice. And I don't know if they're expecting me to like share something about like Google analytics or like, you know, some (laughs) kind of social equation or something, but, um, it, I always tell them it's relationships. Like it's building authentic, real relationships with people. And I think that can extend, you know, not just with people who work one-on-one with individuals, but um, even being a big brand, building relationships with people where they feel like they, uh, they can trust you, they can trust your products, um, that you've got what they need.
0: And and that's, uh, that's the one thing that I found um, just in like establishing. So I'm, I'm kind of in the not in the infancy, but I'm not like, not in the infancy of building my practice. And the the one thing is like showing, showing people who I am so that they can identify with, with me, right. With the brand, because that's, um, and, and it, instead of like, just looking, I'm just going to go like, look everywhere for, for my people. If I can just be myself and pursue the things that like I want to do and pursue the, you know, pursue the, like be in the places where people like you and the people you want to meet are going to be, that's how you can like build these authentic relationships because you're not going to um, the park because other people are going to be at the park. It's because you're, you're going to the park because you want to go to the park. And then when you meet somebody, they want to be at the park too. And you yep. can like build, you, you know, you can build this, you can build this actual relationship on 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 this thing that you like, legitimately care about, and you legitimately have interest in, and then move forward from there. So uh, so we did work, we did work together, one on one. What was that? Because it, it started, it was one of those like organic. We were on the on this video call, um, and you were you know you were kind of telling me about the retreat and and this and that, and then. I don't even know how I posed the question, but I just started, we just started talking. Like we just, yep. obviously like all your questions were over and we were just like chit-chatting and you, you talked about some lower back pain that you were having. And, 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 and from there we met at, you know, 20 below over Moorhead, you know, in person. So taking our, <laughs> and it was like kind of iffy COVID, like getting like nudging out of like really strict COVID things. Uh, So, so seeing people even like sitting across the table from like somebody that was kind of like outside of my bubble was, was new to me also, but it was so nice being able to do that. Can you, I guess, can you like, like, what was your experience of that? Cause it was super, it was new for me. And I kind of didn't know what I was doing, but it's just like you're talking (laughs) to people and you're trying to make a friend. So I don't know.
1: Well, you seemed like you knew what you were doing. So. <laughs> well, um, yeah, I mean, I guess I I had been struggling for a long time with some weird like back issues and when when you and I were talking about it, um things just seemed to kind of click like you understood what um what I was maybe dealing with and like had some ideas for how to fix that. And at that time I was like, I had already gone through like going to the chiropractor a bunch and the chiropractor was like, I don't think we're making any progress. And for, you know, your doctor to be like, yeah, you probably don't need to keep seeing me because this isn't working. Like, okay, I guess we'll do something different. I had, you know, seen like specialists and had taken x-rays and, they were like, you know, uh, you know, here's what we could do, but maybe surgery. And I was like, okay, I'm 37 years old. Like, I don't know that surgery is really something that I want to consider right now. That seems like, I mean, that's something you can't come back from, like you do it and then you're changed forever. Uh, and they're like well maybe try some physical therapy and I was like okay yes I'll do physical therapy and and physical therapy was like finally the first thing that started really making a difference but like I can't just go to physical therapy forever like that's not that's not sustainable to just keep going in for half an hour sessions and do some exercise and then go in again and like that didn't seem like a good plan I wanted to be able to do like help myself on my own and like if like if it's a lifestyle change or something, that was what I was looking for. Not just let's go have surgery and see if that fixes it. It just didn't seem right. Um, so, uh, yeah, when, when I finally, when we talked, I was like, I don't know, she's, she, this is kind of like, uh, kismet or something like <laughs> you're put in my life for a reason and we were just talking about this thing and somehow I ended up talking about myself and uh <laughs> that was kind of weird but um I was like let's just let's just try this and then while we were sitting there having coffee um one of your other clients who I know came by and said hello and she was like oh my gosh Sarah is so great etc cetera, etc cetera. I'm working with her and um she uh what did she say? She said something like she, um, she never dreads going to the gym with you. And to me that was like, okay, is she saying that going, getting up in the gym, going to the gym early in the morning, like she didn't dread it. Like it was a good thing. Like, okay, I can, I can do that too.
0: <laughs> that's, I, I kind of, I forgot, I forgot we ran into, we ran into uh, to Kelly. So that's, that, I think that was definitely, um, universal timing. Yep. <laughs> for sure. Like a hundred percent. Uh, and, and I, I kind of remember cause I had, I'd seen her, I'd seen her, we trained and then I, I ended up seeing her at the coffee shop and, um, I don't know. I don't know if that was like divine design or like she was, she was already like scheming on both for both of us, but, uh, <laughs> it's one of those uh, it's one of those, like, I don't know, it's like one of those cool stories and like cool, cool experiences that you don't often, they, they don't happen often, but oftentimes when they happen, those are like lifelong relationships or like life, lifelong, like uh funny story that like lasts for 20 years. Yep. So, um, I, I liked what you had said about you didn't like, you wanted something that you could not do on your own, but something that it's not, not a quick fix, right? You wanted to be empowered to make the changes, to feel better, right? To like feel stronger and, and, and play around. I mean, uh, at the time, I mean, I think, yeah, I think got a seven-year-old now an eight-year-old. Um, what, so, so beyond like, was there, Was that the thing that, that, that you were looking for Uh, was like a, how do I get strong? How do I feel empowered? Or was there some, or was it just like, I just want to physically like not be in pain?
1: I mean, the, my back pain was like the, the impetus for all of that. But I also felt like, I just felt too old for my age and like felt like I couldn't do what I wanted to do and I didn't know if it was just the back issue or if it was more like, I don't know. I just didn't feel as good as I could. Um, And I think I told you this early on that like, I wanted to feel like physically as kick-ass as I felt like as a person or like in my career, like, you know, I wanted my persona to, to match um, and not just be like, I I'm trying to empower other women and be empowered myself, but I feel physically like I was lacking or like I just wasn't as strong as I could be.
0: No, and that, yeah, that that makes a ton of sense. Um, just for like, for your persona, right? Like you wanna, I don't know, like you, it's like you were in the superhero costume or like not even a superhero costume. Like you're the superhero, but you want like all the physicality is to like, to match that like heart you know it's almost like you have the and I'm not I'm not good with superheroes but you have like the <laughs> Iron Man heart thing like the eternal whatever like you've got the eternal thing in your heart already and you want like the Iron Man suit or whatever the Iron Man physicality to like I probably right. butchered that but
1: like, it, like yeah okay I'm not <laughs> that great at, at superheroes. But like <laughs> like I felt like I was wearing the suit but there was nothing in, underneath like okay inside was just like if someone gets through the suit then you know <laughs> it's, then you're dead.
0: Oh, yeah, no, it's like that little, that little tiny uh, alien guy. That's I think that's in another movie too. We're just <laughs> I know about ten percent of all sci-fi movies, so my my analogies are like kind of pretty okay, but like not quite there.
1: Somebody is listening and they're just cringing and they're dying inside because of how we're butchering this.
0: Hundred <laughs> percent. So we'll move forward. So, so so being like so like being in the superhero suit and 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 feeling like you weren't like filling out that superhero suit. How did that trans like, is that, a had that, had you felt that before? Like, is that part of like a entrepreneur's journey? Like, have you, ha, has, have you felt that before? And now that you're on the, the other side of that in, in a lot of respects, do you feel like you can speak to that in other entrepreneurs who are feeling like that?
1: I mean, I think, The imposter complex is such a big part of so many entrepreneurs journey. Uh, I think a lot of people don't quite have the language around it, a feeling like on the outside, I'm supposed to have it all together or know exactly what I'm doing or, you know, be the authority. Um, But then on the inside, feeling like I don't quite know everything yet, or I don't quite I don't feel, um, maybe as qualified or as capable or as, you know, like smart or confident, all these things that I should be. Um, but I think everybody goes through that and it really doesn't matter what level you're at, what your position is. Everybody feels a little bit of like, am I really supposed to be here?
0: So, so tell me about, um, the idea of, Feeling right, so you're doing all the things that a good entrepreneur should do, right? You're you're doing all the things, you're making all the connections, you're you're doing you're doing the tasks, but you're not. There's something that like isn't in alignment as far as like a feeling, like you're you know you're feeling like you're in a hollow Superman or you know whatever superhero suit, Um, and that's been a big part of my practice as well it's why i take people into the woods i know you go camping so you go into nature quite a bit Uh, is that is that something that has like is there a more of a call for that for entrepreneurs is that is that something that you found helpful for yourself and is it has that something that should like should be in a healthy entrepreneur's diet is is getting out and like play being outside uh journaling that kind of stuff like what has been that role in your life? Um, and and do you think that that would be helpful for, for other entrepreneurs?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, thinking about the times that I have most enjoyed the work that I was doing and felt the most creative, it was times where I had great connections with the people that I was working with, great relationships with them, but also we took some time to play. Um, I think that that play is so important to creativity and thinking outside the box. And as entrepreneurs, like that's what it's all about. You have to think outside the box. You can't just be stuck at your desk working nonstop. Um, And I don't think that most entrepreneurs like want that. Like, that's not why they get into it. People don't work for themselves because they want to be tied to their computer all the time. A lot of times it's because they want to do something that they're super passionate about, but also have some flexibility. Um, And, you know, in terms of nature, as you know, like nature is so grounding. Um, There's something about being outside and, you know, or going to the woods, going to the mountains, going to the ocean, and knowing that there's an entire ecosystem of creatures that are living there every day, regardless of what you do at work, they don't care. And I think something that has resonated with me that that you had said, you know, that nature is indifferent, right? So it's not like it's does what you do, what I'm doing as a entrepreneur is like, it doesn't matter when I get into nature. I'm just a human being. I'm just part of this this earth, part of this planet. Um, and nature, nature doesn't have like these hard and fast goals that it's trying to reach, right? Nature is just there to exist. like being beautiful is all it needs to do. Just like being weird, you know, see animals doing weird things or being goofy. Like that's all they need to do. Right. They don't have to like write a book or they don't have to sell so many things. Um, it's not about getting a title or getting to the next thing. It's just being. And, um, I think there's a lot we can learn from that. And especially when we get like way too in our heads or imposter complex, or we're like, Um, feeling like we've got so many things happening to step back and be like, okay, I need to take a break and just think about who I am and who I was created to be and um, feeling worthy, just being not because of what you did, but who you are.
0: That, that was one thing that I, I wrote down as we were talking about, you know, like mother nature being indifferent and it gives you a spot to like, as an entrepreneur, like as a human being, do I still love it? Do I still love what I'm doing? Um, it's one of those things that like when you're in nature, you can't hide from that question. And can you, I guess I I would like to talk about your new endeavor, your new, uh, new place you're at, um, that we talked about on your bio, uh, tribe. And was that move part of like you sat in nature and you, and you got to ask yourself, like, do I still love what I'm doing? Um, because I've want, like, I left a position uh, when I was, when I was like, I left two, one dream career and like one dream job. And it was because I didn't feel in alignment with, with what, with, like with what I was doing. And it, it, for everyone else, it seemed crazy. But when I got into nature, when I got like, when I was like alone with my thoughts and I, and I asked myself, do I love this? I didn't. And it's terrifying to admit, but it has led to the most beautiful experience that I've had just in, in my life, even, you know, being able to close chapters and open chapters, what What would you say your experience has um has been with with your transitions?
1: Um yeah, I mean this is kind of a second huge transition for me. And the first one being leaving photography. It was the same kind of thing where like I had the dream job, I was super passionate about what I did and until I wasn't, right? Um and you know, for me leaving Lady Boss was like a huge a huge decision and took a really long time, um, for me to make, because I was so passionate about what I was doing and the people that I was serving. Um, it's really hard to, to let that go, but, um, I, it, it wasn't the environment that I was in and the way that I was doing things wasn't good for me um you know my my body was telling me like sending me so many red flags um you know my my mind was telling me things um but it took a lot of reflection and taking some time time away to think about what do I really want what is most important to me what are my values um And, you know, when, when your body's telling you things or it's like, "Mm, something's not right, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. It's really hard to ignore. Um, and it shouldn't have to be like, I hope not everyone has to get to a point where their body's like, okay, red flag, red flag, you have a problem, um, that can listen to their gut a little bit better, (laughs) I guess. (laughs) Uh, but um you know for me thinking about my my values and where I am I wanted to have work that fulfilled me but didn't necessarily have to be my entire identity when your work is your whole identity that that doesn't create a lot of balance in your life and it kind of it it kind of puts you on a pedestal. Like you always have to be up here, but as you know, like life is messy and people are messy and like every day is not going to be amazing. And I'm not always going to be able to perform at a hundred percent. But what I was doing, it wasn't really giving me that flexibility to be human. <laughs> like uh, I felt like um, the standards were always higher than where I was Where the message I was getting is, you're not enough. You're not enough. You're not enough. And that's really difficult to live up to, because um, because you can't live up to it because it's always like one step ahead. Where you where they want you to be is always one step ahead, um, and that wasn't very that wasn't sustainable for me. Um, so when I was looking for what I was going to do in this new position, it was like, okay, I I mean the thing that I value most is time with my family. Like I want to be able to be there for them. 100%, like show up for them. It's not that they need to have 100% of my time, but when I am with them, I want to feel like I'm with them 100%. Um, so something that's going to be flexible so that I can be with my family, something that's going to make me feel joy-filled um, again, um, because I wasn't, I didn't feel joy in what I was doing. Um, even though I could see, you know, the fruits of my labor in other people, I wasn't feeling that same thing for myself. Um, having relationships with people that I worked with that, um, um, bringing some of that, that like play, um, I had, had lost some of the play, um, wasn't playing because I was always trying to live up to something that I could never attain, um, and, you know, being able to just be, be human, be a person, um, feel grounded, feel like connected to more than just what I was doing, but feel connected to family, to other people, to the earth, um, all of those things. And it
0: really, like, for, like, it really, you do embody that now, you know, like it's, it's one thing to, um, even as me as a coach, like I, there was a time where I lost my way and I was giving what, like, I was giving what was expected of me, but I wasn't, I wasn't able to like advocate for, for getting, like getting my cup filled in return, you know? And so as I've started to, even as my own practice, I did that to myself. I have no one, like I have no one to, to blame but myself. As I've started to embody the 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 practices that I that I that I find valuable um, it's made me a better resource. It's, it's made me more approachable, it's made me more human. it's made me um, you know the people that I'm working with, hey, when I have boundaries on my time, that give that in, in some ways gives them permission to set boundaries on their time. Um, when, when they see me like when I'm when I'm out in nature, I show people, you know, and it's, and, and I'm like, not like crazy nature enthusiast. I love nature, but I don't like to have my, my shoes dirty. I love nature, but I don't, I don't, uh, like, I don't like bugs and like things, you know, like I love nature, you know, but I'm not like living naked in the woods. I, I like, I even have my own, you know, relationship with nature. And, and I think, in a, in a past life, I would have tried to hide all of those things because they wouldn't have made me feel like, well, if I'm the nature enthusiast, then I got to be up for anything. And I got to be up to get, you know, get my shoes dirty and live in the mosquito nests and whatever. And like, that's just not who I am. And it, it, being able to fully embody the the things that, that I find super valuable, like that's been super, that, that's been a game changer for my practice. And it, and it sounds like at Tribe, you've had a lot of like time to soul search and figure out what's important to you and like get into nature and like not bullshit yourself and and make a make a really make a really good choice so can you tell us about like what what it is that you're doing what your mission is what you're like where where are we moving forward
1: yeah so you know they we we talked a lot about relationships and and community and And with this new role, for me at at Tribe, Tribe is all about those relationships. It's about um, building a more human-centered workplace. It's about um, going to a place where you have that healthy culture and you have great relationships with people so that um, work doesn't feel like this soul-sucking place, right? work is always going to be work and there's always going to be effort that you put in and it's not just going to be play all the time. Um, but you know, we can create workplaces that are, that we have those healthy boundaries where we can still have our values, where we can still put family first. Um, but also feel really energized and creative and supportive. And when we feel those things, that's when we, are the most alive and that's when we're the most creative and like we do our best work when we are taking care of ourselves and we feel supported and we feel um you know psychological safety and all of those things um then that's when we thrive and we can um you know get the best results and we can be the best team player and the best person that we can be we can be the best leader um and so that's one of the reasons why I was really excited to Kind of shift into this role so I can help other people uh, get on that that journey to um, you know I've seen in, in different roles that I've I've been in or I've been in places where that is not the reality and there's like you know toxicity and just no real relationships and no authenticity and um, just like broken down um, structure in in workplaces but I've also, you know, on the flip side, seeing places where it works really well and when you have a great team and when you have that solid foundation of trust, like how many cool things that you can do together. So at Tribe, um, We work on doing some coaching consulting facilitating uh, workshops and trainings for teams that are looking for that they want to have a better, a better culture they want to um, be better team players. Um, they want to build that trust. So that they can do really great work together.
0: Is it it? It feels like um, with your like with with all of your experiences, you can really help business owners and entrepreneurs avoid those red flags for themselves. So that they like like you said, you don't want your body to to break down and and let you know that you're not having a great time at work. Um, what would you and it's also easier to uh, it's also easier to, to ask for help when you're in crisis. How how do you talk to those business owners and those um those entrepreneurs to really like start consulting with you before like when everything is when everything in their head is like solid. Why is it also important to to work with you um, so that they can avoid those red flags?
1: I mean, right now, one of the hugest realities for business is trying to figure out employee retention. Like there is so much turnover um, because after, you know, I guess we're still in the pandemic, but like after the last two years, people are also really reevaluating their own values and what they want out of work and what works best for them and their families. Um, so when we can create workplaces that, Support those things, um, then we create places where people want to be, not just places where people feel like they're forced to be or obligated, but they actually want to be there and enjoy being there. Um, And and that's what that's why people stay at positions. It's I mean you can always give people more money and people can try chasing money, but that's not what's going to make them fulfilled. It's that. When you go to work, you feel good about who you are and what you're doing while you're there, right? Um, you feel good about the people that you work with. You feel like people care about you and are happy to see you when you walk in the door. Um, those are things that that people want in their work. They don't, they don't, I mean, there's all kinds of things that are added on top of that. Um, but when you can be human and not feel like you're just a, a part of a machine Um, that's when people can get really excited about what they're doing and feel good about it and want to stay.
0: I, I can't, yeah, I can't, uh, I can't imagine a company not wanting to, to, to to build that community. So, um, you'd actually, we talked pre-show, um, a, just because we're American, um, and to make it easy, we are uh, purposely mispronouncing, uh, tribe. Uh, can you, Tell our audience like what is the inception? Um, what was like what was the inspiration for um for tribe culture?
1: Yeah, so um the my partner, business owner, uh boss, <laughs> <laughs> uh, his name is Ula Rigg and he is Norwegian. And so tribe is actually a Norwegian word, uh trive. Um, and it and it really means. To thrive, to grow, and to have a really firm grip. So that's that's kind of what tribe was built on: is having a firm grip on what what is your mission, what is your vision, what are your values, and understanding those things so that you can use those in all facets, in all um, in all decisions that you're making with your company, um, and then being able to thrive and grow together as a team, as an organization. Um, as individuals, because that's really what um, people want and we're all about. So not just the, not just results for the company, but um, building you up as a person at the same time.
0: I imagine like sometimes when you're building up that, that person, so like you talked about with the retention, um, building up that person sometimes means that they may need to pursue different a, a different a, a different uh, a different lifestyle, a different a different position uh, that may need to leave the company and that's uh, I mean uh, we've both talked about that the transition and, and leaving identities and is, is that something that like the the mission behind um, you know building companies that people like to work with or people like to work for <coughs> is also if you find someone that's misaligned, Giving them the support to follow their gut, follow their core, the, uh, their core values, where, wherever it may take them.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we something as Americans we tend to do is look at if something doesn't last forever, then it's a failure. But that's not necessarily true. Um, I think we've maybe even talked about this too. So having somebody work for you and your company forever is probably not. reality right um but you want to have people that are growing in themselves and in their their skills and in their mindset all of those things like that's only going to make them better employees for you and if something changes where they're going to move across the country or they want to try something else like that is okay and it's great to be able to support them in that um And, you know, then they're also going to be an ambassador for you. If you make that transition, also like a good experience for them, maybe they'll have other people that can fill in that job for you, or they will be someone who's talking about my former employer. They're so awesome. Um, You know, I I left because I wanted to try and such and such, but, you know, they're always going to be someone that's saying great things about you and sending people your way.
0: And, And that's like nailing the, uh, um, like short-term, like a short-term relationship, you know, like having a successful short-term relationship is, it's something that's even like new. It's like a new concept for me too. It's like, you don't have to, you don't have to like be tied to whether it's a job, whether it's a, a, like a client relationship, like you can just have a really successful short-term relationship. Everybody leaves better than when they started and then, you know, just go live your life. But um I do want to be respectful of our time and is there anything that you, like we haven't talked about that you want to you want to highlight? Well,
1: we talked about a little- <laughs> <laughs>
0: we might we might need a second we might need a second we might need a second episode.
1: Anytime, Sarah. <laughs> awesome.
0: Well, cool. Um how do people get a hold of you, Laura?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So You can find Tribe on Facebook and Instagram and LinkedIn at Tribe Culture, Um, but uh, you can find me also in those places at Laura Caroon or email me at laura at triveculture.com.
0: Cool. Well, I appreciate it. Um, And uh, we'll see you next time.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Sarah. Thanks.